Hello. We are excited that you have decided to join us today via our podcast. There are other ways you can join. You can watch us live on Facebook, YouTube, and Roku under the Miracle Temple Deliverance Ministries or on our website at www.mtdm.org. You can also join us in the sanctuary at 401 North Wright Street, Bergaw, North Carolina, 28425, every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time and Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. If you would like to give a donation, you can go to our website and click the donation button at www.mtdm.org. The honor and you shall get all the praise on today. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. If you would, open your Bibles, open your iPad, open your iPhone, open your Android, whatever you have, open it to the Word of God. And turn with me, if you will, to 1 Corinthians 15, verse 1 through verse 4. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 1 through verse 4, and we will be hearing what God has to say unto the church on today. And remember, I'm only his messenger. I'm bringing forth the message on his behalf on today because this is his word. So we want to honor his word on today. The word of God now reads first Corinthians 15, beginning at verse one. This is Paul speaking unto Corinth. Moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel which I preach to you, which also you received and in which you stand. By which also you are saved, if you hold fast that word which I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered to you, first of all, that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. You may be seated. I will be speaking on the resurrection today. And I want to start out with... What Paul said, he was talking to the church at Corinth and these were um, Christians. They were saved because he said, moreover, brothering. So we know that they were saved. He said, I declare to you the gospel. The first thing we got to understand what Paul was proclaiming, what he was declaring. He was declaring the gospel. The gospel is the good news, the glad tidings of the kingdom of God. So Paul was only decreeing and declaring the gospel, the good news concerning the kingdom of God. And this is the same gospel which Jesus preached. Jesus preached the gospel of the kingdom. Because when Jesus started out preaching, he said, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. So Jesus was saying, have a change of heart, have a change of mind because the kingdom of God is at hand. So Paul was preaching the same gospel. He was preaching the gospel of the kingdom. And we know the only way that you can get into that kingdom, you must be born again. And the only way you can be born again, the only way you can enter or see that kingdom is by accepting Jesus as your Lord and as your savior. So this is what Paul was preaching. But he said, which I preach to you, which you also 
you receive. So the gospel has to be received, but in order for it to be received, it has to be preached so it can be believed. Amen. So I believe there's a lot of people not preaching the gospel, not preaching concerning the kingdom of God. So we need some understanding concerning his kingdom. For Paul said in verse three, for I delivered to you, first of all, that which I also received. You cannot deliver something that you have not received yourself. I'm going to say it again. You cannot deliver something to someone that you have not received yourself. The gospel has to be received. In order to receive the gospel, you have to believe what the word of God is saying unto you. And in order for you to believe, that's why the Holy Spirit is the one that opens the heart of those so they can believe. And this is where faith come in. So we know faith come by hearing. Hearing comes by the word of God. So Paul was giving them what he had also received himself. If Paul did not believe it, if Paul didn't have faith in it, Paul would not be teaching it. He would not be proclaiming it. So then the first thing he said that Christ died for our sins. I want to start there and move up to the resurrection. Some of us say we really know about Christ. The Messiah, the anointed one, dying for our sins. But I beg you to differ. When you truly know what Christ have done for you, you won't be doing some of the things you're doing. I'm going to say it again. When you truly know and believe what Christ have done for you, you will not be doing some of the things that you are doing. You wouldn't want to do some of the things that you are doing. Those things would not set right with you now that you, come on somebody. Those things would not set right with you now that you're born into the kingdom. Because when you understand kingdom, when you understand God's way of being and doing, you don't want to be around things that's not lining up with the kingdom. You don't want to be in the midst of those things because you will begin to feel what God is feeling. You will begin to hate what God is hating. You will begin to love what God loves. Y'all, it's truth. You can't stand to be around things that don't represent him. This is how you know what Christ has done. So that's where we're going to start. The Bible said he died for our sins. See, I always have to go back to the book of Genesis. Because when you go back to the beginning, the beginning will show you everything in the Bible. So this is why you have to always go back to the beginning. So when we look at the beginning and how God created everything, I'm going to go over it briefly. But I keep going over this because I want it to get so rooted. I want it to get so planted on the inside of you. That when the enemy come in, you will not be deceived because the word is going to pop up and you're going to remember what the word has already said. 
So when we go back to the beginning, God created everything the way he wanted it to be. It was God. It was Elohim. He's the self-existing one. He is Jehovah. He didn't need nobody to create him. He stands alone. So God stands alone. He is Elohim. He is the creator. He's the one that made everything. Man did not do this. God did this. There is no other God before him. He is El El Yon. He is the most high God. This is why we don't put nothing or no one before him because he created us. We did not create ourselves. So after God created everything, it said, he said, let's make man in our image. So God created everything, you know, by speaking over what he wanted created. But man was created in his image, in his likeness. Man had his nature, man had his characteristics, man had his attribute. So we were spiritual beings, right? But God needed a body because God gave man the right to reign and rule over this earth. God said, I'm giving you that right. So in man, which was Adam, was the whole human race. I want y'all to catch it. In this one man, Adam was the whole human race. That means every color was in that one man. We saw that. Ain't no black, white, blue, purple, Mexicans, Puerto Rican. Ain't no his. Ain't it, we. We all come from that one race. So this is why you see different nationalities. But racism didn't come from God. I want to make that clear. We all come from that one race, which was Adam. Everything that God needed, he put it in that one man. And when he needed it, he pulled it out of that one. Oh my goodness, y'all better care. I ain't even going to go there no more. He pulled it out of that one man. Oh, God is so good. Because God was God, but inside God was Father God. Father the Son and Father the Holy Spirit. It was the Trinity. It was one God, three persons. Come on. One God, three persons. One man, a whole nation. Look, nation out of that one. Look at God. God knows what he's doing. So he told that man. Now listen, that one man. After he gave that man life, he put the breath of life in that man. And this is what he told that man when he put him in that garden. In Genesis 2, 16 and 17, he spoke to that man and he said, every tree in this garden, you can eat of this tree. You can freely eat of this tree. Every tree that's in the midst. He said, but the tree of knowledge of good and evil, he said, you shall not eat of this tree. He said, because if you eat of this tree, you shall surely die. Now, let me tell you what God did. First of all, God is the creator of death. God created death, not Satan. It's in the Bible. Number two, God created death without power. Number three, God introduced Adam to death. Say it again. God created death, not Satan. God put death in the garden without power. Then God introduced death to Adam. He let him know death is in this garden. 
but don't you touch death. Come on, somebody. I want y'all to follow me this morning. He said, death is already in this garden, but I don't want you to touch it. Because if you touch death, you're going to surely die. See, I'm not about death. I created life. And I want you to have life, and I want you to have it more abundantly. I want you to have this Zoe life, God's kind of life. So don't mess with death. God said, I put before you today life and death, blessings and curses. He said, but you know what I want you to choose? He said, I want you to choose life. God is such a loving God. He just don't put nothing before you without telling you what he wants. God don't put nothing before you without telling you what he wants you to do with what he put before you. So let me say it again. God created death. God put death in that garden without power. It's like a bee without a sting. Come on, somebody. Death was there, but it couldn't touch you. Had no power. He introduced Adam to death. See, the enemy knew this. The enemy was after that authority. He said, the only way I can get authority I can't get it from God. He said, so I got to get it from man. The only way I can get it from man is to deceive man, is to make man doubt God, is to make man think that God didn't give them enough of what they need. Come on. In our days, is this not what the enemy is doing to us? He making us feel we don't have enough. We don't, we, we need another man. We need another woman. We need another car. We need another house. We need more material things. The more we have, the less we have. The more we want to get. Come on, women. How many of us look at our house? We done decorated it like we want. And we sit there and say, hmm. I think it's time for an update in here. I'm going to do a color change. Because the more we get... The more we want. See, this is why the enemy uses the lust of the eye, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life to get us to do what he wants us to do. He tempts us, but we don't have to fall for temptation. So we see what the enemy done. The enemy put Eve's eye on something that God told her not to touch. He told Eve, did God really say? Come on now. So Eve is telling him what God said, but she put in there, he said, don't touch. Because she felt like if I touch it, I'm going to end up eating that fruit. So she put the touch in there herself. But then she gave some to her husband and their eyes came open before they weren't ashamed of being naked. But now they're ashamed because part of sin is shame. So guess what? Remember I said that death was in that garden. Without power. But what woke up death was sin. So death had power over us. This is why men have the fear of death. Men are afraid. This is when I say man, I'm talking about woman and man are afraid to die. We got so many people that are afraid to die because this is what they say. 
I have not lived the life that I need to live here on this earth. Do you not know that your life is written? It is not for you to determine when you're going to come and when you're going to go. God determines that. Even before we were in our mother's womb, God knew us before then. We were already with God. Before we were even placed in a womb, God knew us by name. So God know our beginning, he know our ending, because it is written. And what we're doing, we're trying to do things to keep us here on earth. Y'all so quiet. We're trying to do things to keep us here on earth, but the things that we're trying to do is man's way of keeping us here on earth. Did you not know that the Bible says it is appointed for man to die? I don't know about you. I want to get raptured up. But the Bible says it is appointed for all men to die. Everybody in this room is going to die. But we should not have a fear of death. Some people scared right now. Well, did you see my funeral or something? People get scared. Well, did you see my funeral? Do you know when I'm going to leave here? I need to do some things before I leave here. So man have a fear of death. But see, there should not have been a fear of death. Should not be. But we want to say, this is when I want to leave. It's not for you to decide. Some of us can leave early. Some of us can prolong that leaving through Medical means. Hello, somebody. Because even doctors will tell you, well, we can do this, but it might give you three more years. Might. Come on, people hearing this. We can give you this medication. You can do this. You can do that. It might prolong your life. Well, just give me all you can. But we should be dependent on God and not man. So we see there is a fear of death. Sin brought power to death. Sin is what woke up death. So when we look at death, there's this saying that people say when you go into a cemetery and if you, you got the, if you step over the graves or step on the grave, your leg will rot off. Or if you point over the grave, your finger will rot off. You got to spit on your finger and let it dry. People have these superstitions. So they have a fear, come on somebody, of death. People don't want to go in the funeral home and really look at a dead body by themselves because they got a fear of death. People don't want to hear no noise in their house because they think the dead has come back. Who that? Leave me alone now, daddy. Leave me alone, grandma. I smell you. Ain't yet my time. Fear of death. One thing that we know about death, it said this is appointed to all men to die, right? In Hebrews chapter 9. One thing we know about death, there's two, there's a difference. People that die, the difference is some people will have beautiful tombstones. Some people will have no tombstones. The tombstones are different. Some people may get cremated. But the same thing that happens to everyone, you're going in the same hole. There's no difference. 
that hole got to be dug the same way, not unless you're an infant, right? People don't want to talk about death this morning, but I got to talk about death to get you to the resurrection. I want you to understand where I'm coming from because the enemy wants us to have fear over something that we should not have fear over. So death came alive through sin. So this is what God said. Now God already had a plan, y'all. So if you would go with me to, we're going to understand the death of Jesus and why he had to die. First of all, I said God created death. Death was in the garden without power. It was like a bee without a sting. We understand that. And he introduced death to Adam. He told Adam, don't you eat from that tree. You eat from that tree, you're going to die. We know they ate from the tree. We said what, act, what activates um, death is sin. When we look at Romans 5, 12, let's go there. Therefore, just as through one man, one man, Y'all hear me? One man. Sin entered the world. Come on, y'all, through one man. And death through sin. We got it. Death came through what? Sin. So sin is what gave power to death. Death had no power. But when sin entered the world, it gave power to death. And thus, death spread to all men because all have sinned. Where did death get its power again? It got it from where? Sin. 1 Corinthians 15.56 says, The sting of death is sin. The sting of death is sin. And the strength of sin is the law. So y'all know how... God gave Moses the law. He gave him the law to give to the people because the people did not know they were in sin. People live any kind of way they want to live, but they did not know it was sin. So when God gave the law, the law gave strength to sin. Meaning that when he said don't covet, that sin nature would rise up and say covet. Okay, so you recognize that that was what? A sin. I'm going further. We know that Romans 6, 23 says the wages of sin is what? The death, death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Now, this is what has to happen. Death has to be destroyed. We know that we cannot, could not destroy it because we were sinners. I'm not saying you're a sinner now if you're born again. We were sinners. So we had sin. We could not destroy death because what gave power to death was sin. Come on, somebody. Everybody following. Teresa, you follow me, aren't you, girl? Uh Uh-huh, because see, I see them light bulbs coming on. You're going to be running in a minute. So death got its power through sin. So God knew that human beings could not destroy death. Matter of fact, God said, I don't want you To die. Look, I don't want you to be killed. So check this out. How death was destroyed. We were sinners because of Adam's sin. I'm saying it again. So we could not take the power out of death. We were sinners because of Adam's sin. So we could not take the power out of death. So let me tell you what God did through his grace and through his mercy. God did not want to kill us. We supposed to have been the one that died. God said, I don't want to kill you. 
He said, in order for me not to kill you, I need a man that's sinless, that can take on. Uh, uh, God said, I don't want to kill you. He said, I don't want to kill you because I love you so much. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believe in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. He said, see, I want you to have everlasting life. So I don't want to kill you. So let me tell you what I'm going to do. Go with me to Hebrews 2. 14 through 15. I don't know about y'all, but my baby is leaping. I'm going to come out these high heels in a minute. I got to come out of them now. I may look a little bit shorter, but the power is still there. Hebrews 2, 14 and 15. Listen at what God wanted to do. Remember God said, I don't want to kill you. So in order to destroy death, he said, this is what I need. Man brought sin into the world to activate death. So I need a man to die to deactivate it, but you can't do it. So he said in Hebrews 2.14, Inasmuch then as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, he himself likewise shared in the same. So what Jesus had to do, which was God himself, Jesus came down from heaven. God said, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to come down and I'm going to take on flesh and blood. I am going to become a man. I'm going to become a human in the flesh to take on sin because I don't want to kill you. And the thing is, I am sinless. I ain't done nothing wrong, but because I love you, I'm going to take on sin for you. Because sin is what gave power to death. Sin is what separated you from me. So I'm going to take sin on myself. So he came in a human body, likewise shared in the same that through death, through death, he might destroy him who had the power of death. That is the devil and release those who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. We were slaves. But God said, I'm going to fix that. But listen at this. I'm going to say it again. God had to have a man to die. Because it was a man who brought sin in the world. He said, so I need a man to die on the behalf of sin to destroy death. He loved us so much that he refused to kill us. God said, I love you too much to kill you. So he took on flesh and blood. He took on human flesh, came down in the flesh, the word became flesh, and dwelled among us, and we beheld his glory. Come on, y'all got to understand the word. You need to be getting excited at what God has done. Because the Bible says the wages of sin is death. You and I should have died. But God said, because I love you so much, I'm going to die on your behalf. So you don't have to have a fear of death. You don't have to be subject to bondage. You don't have to be a slave of it no more. He said, that's what love does. 
Oh, y'all, it's going to get better and better. Well, we can understand this resurrection. So this is what Jesus did. Now I want y'all to check this. John 10, 17 through 18. I want y'all to catch this. It says, therefore, my father loves me because I lay down my life that I may take it again. Catch it. Therefore, my father loves me because I lay down my life that I may take it again. Jesus was saying, I have authority to lay it down. I have authority to rise it up. So listen to what he was saying. I want y'all to catch it. I'm going to try to go slow. Catch this. Jesus laid down his life because he had no sin. Now check this. If Jesus had no sin, death couldn't kill him. Check this. If Jesus had no sin, death could not kill Jesus. So Jesus come down here to earth knowing he didn't have no sin. So he said, being that I don't have no sin, death cannot kill me. I got to lay down my life in order to kill death. But Jesus said, in order to kill death, I have to have some sin, Evangelist Newton. I have to get me some. He said, so I know where some is. He said, there's plenty on the earth. So I'm going to go down there on earth, and I'm going to take off all the sins of the world. Uh Uh-oh. He said, I'm going to get me some sin, Tisha. He said, so I'm going to take on all the sins of the earth. I'm going to have all that sin to be laid on me so death can kill me so it don't have to kill you. Oh, my goodness. Come on, look at what he done. So I'm going to give you an illustration of this. Come here, Brother Calvin. Stand right here, Brother Calvin. I'm going to get her name right, Holy Ghost. Tamia, did I get you right? Come on up here, Tamia. I guess Quisha was waiting, wasn't Quisha May? Watch this. Stand there behind him. I'm going to show y'all something. Remember I said that Jesus said, I lay down my life. Nobody lay it down for me. He said, death has nothing on me. Death cannot kill me because I am sinless. I got to have some sin in order for death to kill me. He said, so this is what I'm going to do. Before she accepted Jesus as her Lord and as her Savior, she was full of sin, right? But Jesus said, because I love her so much, When sin is coming in to attack her, come on, Kevin, jump out like this in front of her. That's the cross. He said, I jumped out in front of sin and sickness and disease and said, put it on me because you can't have her. Come on, do it with some feeling behind that thing. This is what Jesus did. Come on, sin was coming in to attack her, to kill her, to put her to death. But Jesus said, I'm going to lay down my life for her. I'm going to lay down my life even though I am sinless, haven't done anything. He said, because I love her so much, where sin is coming in to attack her, I'm going to block it off. I'm going to, come on, atone for it. 
she was yet a sinner even while she was yet in her sin keep them arms scratched out he proved he demonstrated his love for her even while she was out there doing everything she wanted to do he said I ain't waiting on you to get it right I'm gonna lay down my life before you get it right that's what love does love lay down brother Calvin thank you baby look at God see the problem is church don't understand gospel ain't being preached cause if the gospel is truly being preached when you mess up people see the problem is people go out there and tell people God love you he demonstrated his love for you. Even while yet you were a sinner, he proved his love for you. So what you doing, God loves you in spite of you. So once they get saved and they mess up, God don't go for that mess. God don't like ugly. Now how can God, it's supposed to be better than it was before. What you're supposed to be saying is God's love don't change for you. It is just much better than it was before. Now that you're in him. Look at your neighbor and say something's wrong with the church. 
Say something is wrong with the church. Come on, let's say it again. Say something is wrong with the church, Brother Willie. The Bible says, 2 Corinthians 5, 21, for he made him who knew no sin to become sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him, the righteousness of God in him. We see that Jesus laid down his life on our behalf. Nobody made him do it. He did it on his own. Why? Because he loved us so much. That he lived a sinless life. But he laid down that life. That's why the devil could tempt him, but he couldn't touch him. So when I went over Romans 5, 9 through 11, this is what I was going over. Therefore, since we are now justified, say I'm justified. Say I'm acquitted. Say I'm made righteous and brought into right relationship with God. By Christ's blood. You're only justified, acquitted, brought into right relationship by Christ's blood, not yours. So why are we trying to prove ourselves every time we mess up? Why are we trying to fast more to get God's attention? Why are we trying to do things more to get God's attention? We had God's attention over 2,000 years ago. Now that we're saved, we just need to admit it and quit it. The love that you have for him is because you know about the love he had for you. And that'll help you to admit it and quit it and don't go back to it. The more you get to know him, you will have Uh drop-offs. Anybody heard of a drop-off? The more you come into fellowship, because you're supposed to already be in relationship when you're born again. You'll have some drop-offs. Now I got something to tell y'all. I pick up some stuff too. But I drop it off. When I find out it hit me, I'm like, whoa, something got me lagging here. Something got me feeling not quite right. My mouth done got me in trouble. I got to drop you off. Because that's not who I am. I represent the kingdom and the kingdom don't talk like that. The kingdom don't act like that. The kingdom don't do things like that. I got to drop you off. Uh oh. It's a lot of drop offs that need to be dropped off. Someone might be sitting right beside you. See. People don't want to hear this kind of stuff on resurrection. They want to hear Easter Bunny. They want to hear go find the golden egg. Some of y'all waiting on the grass to get dry so you can go find the egg. The egg already been found. Thank you. Neither the bunny. See, look at that. See? Thank you. See, she stirred up back there. Calvin, your mama stirred up. Just wave your hand that way to Calvin. <laughs> See, I like that. I like that. 
But if y'all want to have a little bunny, just teach the people that it ain't about the bunny. It's about Jesus, okay? That's all you got to do. Teach your kids. It ain't about that little bunny. It ain't about that golden egg. But if you find it, it got $100 in it, bring it to mama. You know you need a pair of sneakers. Give me that money. So we see. Then it goes on to say, how much more? We shall be saved by him from the indignation and wrath of God. For if yet, while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son. It is much more certain now that we are reconciled that we shall be saved daily delivered from sin's dominion. This is in Romans 5, 9 through 11. Open your Bible. I'm reading out the Amplified Version. Write it down. Go back and read it. Y'all, the word is so good. God will show you stuff if you want to see it. If you open your heart. Now listen at this. Now I'm getting to the resurrection. We talked about sin, right? We know that Jesus died on that cross for sin. Because sin activated death. It gave power to death. Death had to be dealt with. So Jesus died for our sins. He dealt with death. He um, gave us benefits through his dying. He justified us. He acquitted us. He made us righteous. He healed us. He delivered us. He took everything from us through his death, right? And then Jesus was buried. But now we're going to talk about the resurrection. The resurrection is proof that death no longer has the right to rule over mankind. Now go back to, with me to 1 Corinthians 15. We see that Jesus, Paul, was talking about his death, burial, and resurrection. Now, when Jesus rose, now, these other religions, they talk about the other uh, men, women, or whoever they're serving Buddha. I don't think Buddha came alive yet. I don't think all these other men that they're worshiping, Muhammad, I don't think they come alive yet. And that little uh, Chinese man with the big belly, he's still dead. They're giving him oranges, they're giving him fruit, they're burning candles, and he's still dead. He's an old statue. He ain't come back. He ain't resurrected. He ain't talking. He dumb. So we see. So the destruction of sin is the victory over death. Okay, Paul talked about this. 1 Corinthians 15, let's go there again. 54 through 57, listen at this. So when this corruptible has put on incorruption and this mortal has put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. See, Jesus took care of death. He took care of it because Jesus done away with what sin that gave death the power. Oh, death, where is your sting? Oh, Hades, where is your victory? The sting of death is sin and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. We have victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. But let's look at this death of Jesus. So when Jesus died, before he died, he told them that he was going to resurrect. This is why, you know, it says if you confess with your mouth and you believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, he is who God, you believe that and you believe that he died, he was buried and he rose on the third day. Some people say yes to all that and don't know nothing. 
But you're learning something today. You got to know that sin is sin. And sin had to be dealt with. The only way it could be dealt with was not by us. It was by Jesus because he who knew no sin became sin for us. So we can become the righteousness of God through him and by him. There's no other way to the father but through Jesus Christ. Muhammad, Buddha, none of them can get you to the father. You still got religions that's telling you this is what's going to happen when you die. You're going to go to paradise. That's a bunch of baloney. See, they have their way of dealing with death. But death had to be dealt with by one man, which was Jesus Christ, the one who knew no sin, who took on the sins of the whole world. So we see that when Jesus, before he died, he told them that he was going to do what? Resurrect. And y'all know when he resurrected, some of them didn't even believe that he had rose. But when we go back to John, the 11th chapter, when we're dealing with Mary and we're dealing with Martha again, we know that Lazarus had died. And Jesus loved Lazarus. And they went to tell Jesus that Lazarus was dead. But Jesus took four days to get to Lazarus. So when Jesus got there, they ran to him and say, if you had have been here, my brother would not have died. But see, they didn't understand the resurrection. Just like we, some of us don't understand the resurrection. Well, if you had a came and laid hands on them, they would have rose. We don't understand the resurrection. So when they told Jesus that, Jesus said, I am. I am. The resurrection. And the life. Whoever believes in me, yet he was dead, he shall live. I am the resurrection. So Jesus had to let them know, it don't matter if I come 20 days later. I am the resurrection. That's just who I am. It was for, they said, well, he's been in the tomb for four days. He stink. Jesus said, I don't care if he's stinking. I am the resurrection and the life. The resurrection is here already. She said, I know on the day of resurrection, they all, he said, I am here today. Why you got to wait? If I'm going to raise him up today, I am the resurrection. I do what I want to do. The thing is, that body got to be one to get up. So what did Jesus do? First, he looked up to the father. He already knew who he was. But he was praying on behalf of the people. Then after he did that, he said, roll that stone away. Roll the stone away. See, that stone represents stones in our heart. That the only one that can roll those away is the Holy Ghost. The Holy Spirit is the only one that can change your heart. He's the only, nobody can do it but him. That's why the word got to come first. People got to have faith in the word. For faith come by hearing and hearing comes by the word of God. If you're not getting the word of God, then you're not going to believe. So he said, roll the stone away. I'm, I'm talking to those in this place today that got hearts of stone. Things that you have built up in your heart due to what people said or due to what people didn't do or you thought they should do. 
Those are stones in your heart where the word of God cannot penetrate because your heart has become hardened. And the only way your heart can become unhardened is by getting into the word of God, allowing the word to get into you and get rid of offense. Get rid of gossip. Get rid of deceit. Get rid of hate. Get rid of all of these things and replace them with what the word is saying is true. He said, my word is true. Sanctify them in truth. The only way you're going to be set apart is through truth. Don't let nobody come to your house without the truth. That's coming from the word. If they're not giving you the word, it's a lie. And if you don't know what the word is saying, you will accept that lie to be truth. And you will live according to that lie. And you won't be set free. You shall know the truth. And the truth. Who? It is the truth that's going to set you free. Not a lie. Some people have lived on lies so long they believe it's true. Too many lies. But once you go into the word of God and find out what truth is, you can say, I know truth. You can't lie to me no more. Because this is what truth is saying. And I'm only going on truth. That's why I'm set apart because of truth. That's why I can't be amongst you because you a liar. You the father of all lies. You abode from the truth. You a murderer from the beginning. So I'm set apart from you. That's why I can't be around you. Did y'all not know? Commission is what he want us to do. The reason why he want us to do it because death have a hold on people. And they don't even see that death have its grips on people and you will die but you will not raise again. Uh oh. That's why we got to tell them about the good news of the kingdom. We got to tell them what Jesus came to do. We don't want people to die in their sins because they're not going to rise up. So look, Jesus told them, he talked about his death. Peter didn't want to hear it. What did he tell Peter? Get thee behind me, Satan. See, he was coming against what God was doing. So he told him about the resurrection and Paul is talking about how when Jesus rose, he was seen. There had to be eyewitnesses to this resurrection. And there were eyewitnesses to the resurrection knowing that Jesus had rose. But I want to share something else with you. Go with me to Matthew 27, 50 through 53. This is when Jesus was on that cross. This is when Jesus was bearing the sins of the whole world on that cross. And Jesus cried out again with a loud voice and yielded up his spirit. That's when Jesus died. Now listen at what happened when Jesus yielded up his spirit. Then behold, the veil of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. Power of God. And the earth quaked, power of God, and rocks were split, the power of God. But look at what happened, y'all. And the graves were open. Now, guess what was happening with them graves? You remember death, right? Oh, death, where is thy sting? Remember before that death had power to keep them in the grave, right? Death had that right. 
But being that Jesus died, God was showing his power, showing you what was going to happen with death. Death was down there struggling, y'all. Death was struggling to keep him in the ground. But the tomb split and they come out. Old Testament saints come out of the ground walking, showing people. Ooh, death couldn't hold them. Death was struggling. Death couldn't hold them. So they were walking around testifying to what was getting ready to happen. But check this. Someone said, and I have to research it because there's some people that are saying this. Do you know once those Old Testament saints was resurrected, they could not go nowhere to be raptured until Jesus went. Because see, Jesus was dead on that cross. So the graves split open. They come out of the graves and they begin to walk around. Can you imagine somebody going to their house and just looking? Where you going from? Did you not hear? Did you not understand what Jesus said? We can have hope. Ooh. See, when someone died that we love... This is so important, y'all. We want to make sure that they don't die in their sins. We want to make sure that they know Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Why? Because they're going to die in hope. They're going to die in hope knowing that I'm going to rise again. That death cannot hold me. That's why Jesus was the first fruit. Jesus was the first fruit to rise. Being that heroes, that means that we can rise. So we have hope even after we die that we're going to live again. That death cannot keep us. That's what eternity is. Though we die, we shall yet live. So when a person dies that we love, we're going to mourn over them because we miss them. But we're going to have joy to say, I'm going to see you again. That's how important the resurrection is. The resurrection gives us hope that even if we die, we shall rise again. This is why the Bible tells us that the graves were opened and many bodies of the saints who have fallen asleep were raised. And coming out of the graves after his resurrection, they went into the holy city and appeared to many. It said after his resurrection, they they appeared to many because it was proof that he has risen so what am I saying to you today church it is very important that we get this good news the gospel out concerning the kingdom and what Jesus done on our behalf and understand this we don't look at us no more because we're dead our life is in Christ so everything we do is supposed to represent him, not us. If we're always trying to get people to see us, hear us, be attached to us, that ain't Jesus. That's the spirit of rejection. But if we're doing what the word of God tell us to do according to the word and they're seeing him and not seeing us, we're representing the kingdom. So God want all men to be saved. And to come to the knowledge of the truth. We're the ones that tell them what Jesus done. 
We're the ones that bring the kingdom. And the only way you can bring something is to know about it. It's time to make him known. He has risen. He is not dead. If he did not rise, we will not have the benefits of healing, prosperity. We will not have all the things he died for. He died for our transgressions, but he was raised for our justifications. He put us in right standing with God. God don't see us. He see him. So let's rise up, church. Let's quit hating one another. We're supposed to love each other more. Instead of putting somebody down, we're supposed to lift them up according to the word of God. Yes, they fell short. But we're supposed to lift them up according to the word to let them know what the word of God is saying. God loves you outside of your failure. God loves you, loved you even when you were a sinner. Now he loves you much more now that you're saved. Because we're reconciled unto him. Some people don't understand that. This is why we preach grace, not sin. Sin has been done away with. We preach grace and mercy. This is why we tell a person when they fall, get back up. God gave you new mercy. We show them God's love much more. We don't condemn them. We don't make them feel useless. We don't make, they already messed up. We can't keep reminding them that they mess up every day. We just have to have Lord, the Lord to deal with us so we can deal with them according to the word. We deal with them the way Jesus dealt with us. Jesus didn't throw our mess up in our face. He didn't throw that mess up in the woman's face who committed adultery. He told her, go and sin no more. Then when they wanted to condemn her, he said, he who have not sinned, let him cast the first stone. Drop the stones in your hands today. Let's quit stoning one another. All of us got something that we're dealing with. It's time to deal with it through who you are now that you're in Christ. If somebody done you wrong, forgive them just as Christ forgave you. You didn't deserve it, but he loved you so much. He forgave you anyway. Some of y'all got broken hearts in here. But the Bible tells me. He said that he will heal. He already healed it. I have come to heal the brokenhearted. So he's already done it. I have come to bind up all of your wounds. So we have to let go of what people have done to us and say, God, help me to get through it. Help me to be who I am in you and not who I am in me. The word will help you to do that. Let go of these grudges. And the only way you can do it is going in the word of God and hear what the word of God has to say on grudges, unforgiveness, backbiting. All of this stuff. Hear what the word has to say on adultery, fornication. Hear what the word has to say on these things. And live according to the word. Do what the word says. And when you do what the word says, once you hear it and you do it, you're going to be like a house built on a rock. The rock is Jesus. That's the only way you're going to live. You're not going to live contrary to what the word of God is saying. Some of us don't want to let go of the world for real because we feel like if we let go of the world, we don't have nothing. The world is death. People that do not know Jesus are already dead. But they're just walking around. So it's time for us to tell people the truth. There's no other way.
but Jesus. He's the way, the truth, and the life. The only way you can get through the Father, to the Father, is through him. So today, I'm opening up to anyone today that do not know Jesus as your Savior, as your Lord, as your Master. If there's anyone in here today, knowing after this was taught, that I am in the need of a Savior. Because I can't do it myself no more. I've been trying to make things work in my life. I've been trying to change to get saved. No matter what you do, you cannot save yourself. Salvation has already been wrapped up in Jesus. I think some of us are saying, well, you know, I'm going to come to Jesus when I quit doing these things. Just go ahead and die in your sins. Because there's no way you can do it on your own. This is why he died on your behalf. Because no man could save themselves. It had to be someone who had no sin. And Jesus had no sin and had the whole sins of the world laid on him. It had to be a sinless sacrifice. He was the spotless lamb. So if you are trying to give up this or to give up that before you accept him, just go ahead and die in your sins. Because ain't no way you can do it. You can try to do it, but that's the works of the law. That's self-righteousness. The letter kills, but the spirit gives life. God has come to give us life, Jesus, and to give us life more abundantly. The enemy has come to steal, kill, and destroy. The life is in Christ, and that's eternal life, and that's a life that never ends even when you die. Because when that trumpet sounds, the dead in Christ is going to rise first. Your loved ones that have died, if you're here, when that trumpet sounds, that's the rapture. The dead is going to rise first. Your loved ones that are dead in Christ, meaning they're saved, they're going to rise first. And then you will meet them in the air. The only ones that's going to hear the trumpet, though, that's here on this earth is born again believers. Those are the ones that are going to be raptured up. Now, how do you know they're going to be raptured up? Because if you're in the church and the person you sat beside, their clothes is right there Beside you, that means you got left behind. And if you got left behind, you're going to be here for seven years in a tribulation. That tribulation means you cannot buy a sale without a mark of the beast. If you don't have the mark of the beast, you will die. And in those times of that tribulation, you're going to go through some wrath of God. This is why you got to get it now while you can. Oh yeah, y'all. It's a rapture. Then it's a tribulation. Then it's a millennium. It's a thousand year reign. The millennium. And then you're going to have a new heaven and a new earth. The ones that's going to get raptured up is going to be sitting at the table with him. Not going through what's going on down here on earth. They're going to be sitting up there whining and dining with the king of kings. And the Lord of Lords, he said, I'm going to take you out of that mess. That's why it says it's going to be two in the field, one taken, one left. Two in the bed, one taken, one left. He said, when you hear, don't you go back. The 
those are times of tribulation. See, people are not telling people this. Because the devil's in the church. They're letting the devil come in the church and run the church and making the church think that they're okay. I'm one. Then I'm not going to allow sin to be in a place when he's done away with sin. I'm going to leave this with you. When you sin, that means when you keep sinning and sinning and sinning, you didn't accept what he done. You didn't accept that he paid the price for sin. Now, if you do sin and you recognize you have sin and you repent of that sin, have a change of mind and go the other way, your heart is after the heart of God. Let me explain that to you. Nobody that's born again will stay in sin. Let me sound the alarm. There's no way I can be born again and I'm dipping and tripping every day. And I'm acting like the dipping and tripping is normal. I'm willfully sinning after I know about the sacrifice of Jesus. That means I need to check my salvation. But if I do slip up. Because of mercy. Because of grace. My heart turns towards him and say, God, forgive me. Because this ain't right. God, that's not who you are. That's not who I am in you. So I don't want to do that no more because I have tasted and I have seen how good God is. Come on, when you get a taste of his goodness, when you get a taste of his mercy, when you get a taste of his loving kindness, when you get a taste of him, that nasty taste, you don't want it. You don't want it around. You don't want no appearance of evil. See, that's how you know who you belong to. Because you can't stay around deceit without telling the truth. You can't allow your loved one to fall in a pit without lifting them up and telling them the truth and giving them a choice. So I'm asking you today, those that don't know him, who are you going to serve today? We're opening the doors of salvation today. Those that don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Today is the day of salvation. Do not leave out of here without accepting him as your Lord and as your Savior. We have too many people leaving this world that were not told about what Jesus done on their behalf or not told about the kingdom. They have been told half truth. So now is your time. Athea, could you play that song, please? Do we have anyone else? Come on, now is your time. Now is your time. Come on, if God is speaking to your heart, don't leave out of here. Don't leave out of here. Come on, you can come. 
Thanks for watching Miracle Temple Deliverance Ministries, where miracles happen. You can join us each week on Sunday at 11 a.m. Eastern for church service and on Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern for Bible study. For upcoming events, teachings, and ways to contact us and more, you can visit us on the web at www.mtdm.org. You can also give a donation by clicking the Donation tab. God bless you, and we will see you next week.